Hi, and welcome to Getting Biblical, the show where I drink too much and talk about my favorite Bible stories. I am Matt Smith, your host, and thank you for joining us today. So today is a special episode. This is a two-for-one show. You're getting a great deal on today's free content. This week, on October the 8th, will be Yom Kippur, the Jewish holiday of atonement. Now, uh, Yom Kippur, for those that don't know, is the least fun of all the Jewish holidays. Uh, most of them, you know, Passover, uh, Purim, Rosh Hashanah, all of them, super fun. And, you know, there's fellowship, you're hanging out with your friends, there's dancing, there's some drinking involved, either slight or heavy, somewhere in there. I mean, the, let me tell you, the Jewish people know how to party, man. Uh, but uh, Yom Kippur... Yom Kippur, that's one day that's not as much fun. It's a fast day. It's supposed to be a day of repentance and solemn looking inward for the days leading up to Yom Kippur. You're supposed to ask forgiveness from people that you've wronged. It's a time to really set things right spiritually. There, and there's a whole lot more to it, of course, but, you know, you get the kind of general idea, just scraping the surface of what Yom Kippur is. But one of the traditions that has come about for Yom Kippur is that we read the story of Jonah. Now, Jonah is, of course, one of the most famous standalone stories in the Bible. And I won't spoil it here in case you're not somehow familiar with the story. No judgment, no judgment. But if you're not familiar, I'm not going to spoil it. Jonah has his own book of the Bible. It's in the latter part of the Old Testament. It is only four chapters long. It is a short book, very short, but it's also very poignant. There's a lot that can be gleaned from the story of Jonah on a bunch of different levels. Uh, which we're not going to get into because I'm just here to drink too much and talk about the story. But it's a it's a cool thing to dive into if you're ever interested. But we'll save that for some other podcasts. Somebody somebody else's, I guess. So, but it's a it's a fantastic story. It's a great story. Even even on just on the surface levels, it's awesome. So can't wait to get into it. Uh, but of course, first as always. Let's talk about what I'm drinking today. So, so I, I've talked about this on the show before, where I try to be cute and I try to like tie in certain like boozes with the certain episode topics and try to be cute, like either with a pun or some kind of thing that like meshes together well. And uh, I was doing a search and looking around, you know, at my local uh, Total Wine, just you know, looking around and like, what what would what would be good to have for an episode about Jonah? Uh, and there was stuff that like had like some big fish on it, some whales on it, whatever, right? Some things. And then I stumbled upon a rum uh, that is literally called Jonah's Curse. And it has a big whale on the front of it. It is very obvious, a, like a brand that is tying into the Bible story. So I, of course, had to buy it on a whim, like knee-jerk reaction, just like, well, this is what I'm doing for the episode. 
good or bad or whatever, we got to tie it in. So that's what I'm drinking today. I bought it, brought it home. This was like last week, actually, in preparation for this episode, knowing that I was going to be having it. But curiosity got the better of me. I didn't save it for the episode. I popped it open that night, last week, started drinking from it. And I got to tell you, holy shit, uh, it is really good. It is very good. It is very inexpensive. I got a handle of it. Uh, it's not technically a handle, but the 1.75 liters, right? The bottle doesn't technically, literally have a handle on it, but you know what I mean. So like 1.75 liters for, I think it was like 26 bucks or something like that. It's a black spiced rum, right? So and like, and rum has all these different things, all these different ways to make rum. Uh, I don't know. I can't. Did we go over this before on the show? Right, so rum is always going to be uh, from distilling and fermenting sugar products, like either sugarcane juice or molasses. And then after you do your thing to it to make it alcohol, whether it's fresh or aged or whatever, like part of all that is how you get the, the clear one or the darker one, and then you throw some spices in there and mix it all up. So there's a like a vast array of all these different types of rum out there. Uh, and uh, to be very honest, I'm not a huge rum person. It doesn't usually jive with me a whole lot, mostly because a lot of people put rum with other things like coke or in you know other uh, other fruity or and or like half frozen you know caribbean whatever style uh frozen drinks type things and those are all fine and good like if i'm on a cruise or something i definitely will load up i don't do that shit at home i don't make it uh, i don't worry about it so rum is never you know really infiltrated my life as a pirate or, or whatever as it might so uh, I don't I don't have an affinity for rum normally as I do for whiskey now all that being said I really like this stuff uh, I honestly was very prepared to come on today's show and be like hey guys I bought this bottle it was really affordable and it has the name of Jonah on it and uh, I thought it would tie in with the episode so I bought it and I hate it but that is not true that is not well the first part's true but the second part my opinion of it is I've been blown away I love this rum uh, it was very good there are like notes of I think like like vanilla and like kind of like some like like caramel uh, on, on you know like on the taste but then it doesn't like it tastes sweet and sugary like a dessert but it doesn't burn your my throat. So like I'm I'm kind of like sensitive I guess to sugar. I don't I don't eat a lot of sugar in my regular life. So when a thing uh, like a liqueur or something like that usually or like a really sugary drink is gonna like it's gonna burn my throat a little bit. Like I'm not I'm I'm kind of sensitive to that. And this actually is so smooth and so nice. It's all the flavor with none of the burn. It's really great. I can't tell you how. Uh, how much I've liked how excited I've been this whole past week when like finding out about this like I this is gonna be like a new like keeper in my house like like even if I never have it on the show again this is gonna stay in my booze cabinet because uh, I love it so much like I can't wait for my next for my Halloween party it's gonna be on display real I'm a real big fan of it um, yeah I mean yeah they're not they're not paying me to say that or whatever. Like I just like was so impressed with this with this rum. 
So it's called Jonah's Curse Black Spice Rum. So here's what's kind of weird a little bit is it's from Kentucky, right? It's Caribbean styled, not from the Caribbean. Uh, it's, it's from Kentucky, which is, you know, bourbon country uh, in a lot of ways. So maybe that's part of, you know, why I like it so much secretly. It, should, it shouldn't matter, right? It should still be. It's made from sugar. It's not made the same way that bourbon is made. It should be very different. It shouldn't matter. But uh, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe they figured something out. Anyway, super big fan. That's what I'm drinking today. Uh, I can't, I can't, I can't say enough praises about it, right? Yeah, and then yeah, I, I wish there was actually a way to like. Do you guys know any like good rum desserts? Like what, like, like what's a good rum dessert? I would love to try this. Like it just feels like it would be great. Like, I know this isn't probably accurate at all, but like, like imagine like flan or some other kind of like sponge cake or whatever, and just like pour this on top of it in my head right this second sounds amazing like that would be perfect for this uh but that's whatever i digress that's not what the show is about the show is about drinking not eating drinking and talking about bible stories so uh we're done with that let's get back to the stories so jonah so there was this city i'm gonna give you the give you the backstory a little bit so you can put all the pieces together so jonah there was this city, Nineveh, a big city of those days. It says it took three days to walk from one side of the city to the other. So for imagination purposes, I'm going to compare it to King's Landing in Game of Thrones, right? In Westeros. So uh, Nineveh, King's Landing, whatever. God looks down and sees this place, and he sees that everyone there, the whole city, whatever, is, oh, they're kind of evil and full of shit, right? And his first instinct is to just wipe them out, just like, like, oh, these are bad people. Don't want to have them like roaming around the earth. Let's just let's just boop boop them off. Let's just let's just nuke them. Uh, you know, kind of like Sodom and Gomorrah, that type of thing back in the day. But God's like, well, first, let me give them a chance, I guess, right? Let me see if they're actually all bad. And uh, they're doing terrible things right now, but maybe, maybe they'll they'll come to their senses. Maybe maybe we can work on this. So he goes to Jonah and tells Jonah of his plan to decimate Nineveh. And he says to Jonah, uh, you are their last chance. I want you to go to Nineveh and tell them to turn from their evil ways so that I'll spare them. If you do that and they turn, then I'll spare them. If you tell them and they say, nah, screw that, then I'm going to kill them all. And Jonah hears God's request, right, loud and clear. He knows what God wants him to do. And, you know, he wants him to go to Nineveh and save all the souls of the city. Jonah, Jonah knows exactly what God wants him to do. And Jonah instead says, fuck that shit. <laughs> I hate Nineveh. They're all bunch of a-holes let them burn let them burn i'm not even gonna even give them the option to save themselves right no repentance and so he jumps on the nearest ship or whatever buys a one-way ticket heads the opposite direction 
to a city called Tarshish. And like, not only does this man not want to do the thing that God told him to do, but he is actively running away from it in the opposite direction on a boat, right? So Jonah, like we don't know that Jonah's a mystery. We don't quite know. Uh, there's some people that think that Jonah isn't actually a real person, that he never existed, and this was all a parable. Whatever. It's it's a whole book. It's a whole chapter, four chapters, whatever, in the Bible. There's nothing in the Bible that says it's not actually a thing. So I'm I'm going with it as a as a full thing. But I don't know who Jonah was or what kind of like bull testicles this man had to get a message from God saying, hey, go talk to these people. And he was like, no, I don't want to do that. And gets on a ship and goes the opposite direction. Like, our man Jonah, whoo, man, he was not scared. So (laughs) he pays to be on this ship heading to Tarshish. And he's down in his, like, quarters in his little bunk bed or whatever. And he's just taking the biggest nap ever the deepest sleep sleeping like a fucking baby and this man does not care he is not he is not losing one iota of sleep realize like like with the knowledge that he just is he's actively trying to damn a whole city like all of king's landing he's like fuck them i want them all to die he does, he's not losing any sleep this man jonah maybe not the best role model if anyone's ever like writing a children's book of Bible stories, Jonah's not a hero that we should be looking up to, right? Jonah's a dick. <laughs> he does not care that this whole city is gonna die. Uh, but he's sleeping like a baby down there. And while he's while he's down there taking the world's deepest sleep, the ship is caught in the craziest, most terrible storm ever. There's thunder and there's lightning and the choppiest, roughest waves knocking the boat back and forth, side to side. So much so that the sailors, the people that work and live on the ship, were scared for their lives. They were sure that the ship was going to sink. So their first instinct, right, in order to not die, was to throw overboard all of their supplies, all the crates of things, all the whatever, all the the filet mignons and the lobster and whatever was coming up on Tuesday's, you know, uh, black tie affair dinner, whatever, whatever's happening on this cruise ship, right? All the, the dining plans. They throw all the supplies over to get the boat lighter, the ship lighter, and so they can, you know, stay on top of the waves and not fucking crash, right? And uh, side note, in case you guys scare, personal story uh, coming in. Uh, I was on a cruise a few years ago during Hurricane Sandy, right? That crazy hurricane that went up and hit New York or whatever. That was the roughest I have ever seen or ever been on open water. Like, let me tell you, that is no joke. Now, normally on a cruise, you like you sit down and like you look out a window or whatever, and you just see the wide open ocean spread out in all directions until it disappears, you know, meeting the sky in the distant horizon, right? You just see like, calm water you know as it as it blurs into the the horizon not so during a crazy storm this cruise that i was on during hurricane sandy you could look out the window and the ship was rocking so much from side to side massive rocking like 
It's so disorienting. How can I explain it? You'd be looking out the window, and the ship like is rocking from one side to the other so bad. Your whole point of view, at, at one point, right? Because, okay, imagine, like, it gets hit on, like, let's say the left side. You're looking out the right side of the ship, out that window. So the boat gets hit by a wave or something, and the ship, massive cruise ship, gets hit and like you're looking out the window and you start off with the there's 50% sky on the top of the window and 50% water on the bottom of the window like just imagine looking out a, a normal scene but the ship gets hit with a wave so then the boat tips and out of your perspective out of that window you just see nothing but water you're just looking straight down at the water and then it stabilizes and it rocks back the other way. So then you're looking out the window and you see it like the other direction. And then you're just looking straight up at pure sky. Uh, I mean, it's dark gray, grim, hurricane sky, but you're just looking straight up at sky. And you do this rocking back and forth, back and forth, where it's like water, sky, water, sky. And it's happening back and forth, back and forth. And it is ridiculous. The worst I've ever been on. So uh, me personally, I'm on there. And I was, this is this was the moment that I found out that apparently I was meant to be on the sea. I missed my calling as a sailor or a pirate or whatever I'm supposed to do because I was fine. They, uh, when, the, when the storm first started getting a little bit bad, they did open bar on the ship to help soothe their, the, the customers, right? Us on the ship because they were afraid we were going to get frazzled and they wanted to like mellow us out. So they're like, oh, open bar, you can have some drinks. And I was like, oh yeah. So I'm going in and getting liquored up and I'm at this one bar and I'm like six or seven and I wasn't sick at all. And at one point, the whole ship gets hit by the biggest wave ever, I guess. And it, and it turns so much that I'm looking out at the, like behind the bar, right? The bar. Imagine me sitting at the bar. I'm looking past the register, past the, the bar taps on the back wall of this bar. And it's just shelves of glassware, martini glasses, scotch glasses, beer mugs, etc., etc., etc. This ship gets hit so hard by a wave that it turns so hard, so like 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 tilts so hard the ship that all that glassware, all that five six whatever like shelves of it, all that glassware just slides right off and crashes on it. It is the most glass I have ever and probably will ever see break in one moment. And it was like the whole world slowed down and like you see them like sliding off and just like like just crashing everywhere and it was horrible and uh, it was just it was crazy and then like so i'm walking around the ship uh, they're like kind of like sir like take your drink and leave please we're we can't serve anymore because they've got they've got uh, like i don't even know they got seven shelves worth of glassware just broken on their floor they can't they can't give me more booze so i take my drink and i'm wandering around and and every public restroom on that ship, like in the casino and the whatever, down by the lounge, everything, blah, 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 every floor that I could find, every public restroom was out of commission because people were throwing up in them because, they, I know it's a gross story, but people were throwing up, they were puking because they were seasick. And 
it wasn't the customers. There was some of them, but I firsthand personally witnessed the people that live on the ship, that, that sign up to work and be on the ship for six months at a time. They were the ones that were getting seasick and throwing up. I, I saw several members of the crew go in and like throw up in the same bathroom. Absolutely honest to God. And then so, I, and I was fine. I'm just like walking down, like, whatever. Say no thing. If we drown, we drown. It's good. And I went back to my cabin. Gotta tell you, this is how I know that the story of Jonah is truth in the Bible. Because when I went out of my cabin, I had a really super cheap interior cabin, no windows, no nothing, just like all darkness, a little, one little cot bed or whatever in the, in there, down, down there, my little interior cabin. And I, that was one of the best nights of sleep I have ever gotten. The ship was rocking and I couldn't tell like up from down or my asshole from a hole in the ground or whatever the, we're out at sea. That doesn't, that's not a great analogy, but it, I like, it was the best. Like I felt so secure. Like I was being like little spoon and big spoon to buy the ship itself. Like even if we were going down, it felt amazing. Uh, the best, the best, the best night of sleep I've ever gotten. So anyway, so I get why Jonah like was sleeping through everything, what was happening. And I've lived in a very horrible storm on a ship, right? So I'm giving you my, my own personal input on how this goes. So it was bad and I get it. And that's like, I'm just like, like, right. I'm just trying to interject that little bit of truth in the story here. So anyway, so, so they're throwing shit overboard. They're trying not to die. Jonah's sleeping like a baby in the belly of the ship, right? Just like I was. And then the captain of the ship sees Jonah sleeping. He's like, what the, what the hell, man? Like, how can you sleep right now? We're gonna die. Right? So like Jonah's like, huh, what? And like, he comes up on top of the ship and sees the weathery carnage that's happening. And the crew sees that throwing supplies overboard, their attempt isn't working. So they decide to get superstitious. And they say, someone on this ship must have pissed off a god in order for this to happen. Let's try to find out who that motherfucker is and see if we can do something to stop it so we all don't die. So they grab some dice or whatever and they, they make everyone start rolling dice. And they go like, listen, whoever rolls snake eyes, that's the one that pissed off a god and we're going to figure out what to do with you. It's a diverse ship. Lots of different belief systems in place. A lot of different people. They don't have one God. They all don't believe in the God of Israel or whatever necessarily. So they're, they're not sure which God to blame. Right? Maybe it's Poseidon, the water, whatever. Uh, what, you know who Poseidon is. Ah, scrap. Right, they don't know who it is, so so they're like, we got we got a we got a roll for snake eyes to see. So they all roll the dice, and wouldn't you know it, Jonah, that guy rolls the snake eyes, and everyone on the ship is like, you, you dick, what did you do, man? Who are you? Where do you come from? Who's your god? Blah blah blah. Why did you put us in mortal danger? And he goes, hey, hey, I'm I'm a Hebrew. And my God told me to go to Nineveh and warn them to change from their evil ways so they wouldn't be destroyed, yada, yada, yada. But I didn't want to do that, so I got on this ship to go to Tarshish, uh, and that's what's happening. 
and everyone on this ship, all these different pagans and all these different people that don't actually, like, they're not Hebrews, they're not children of Israel, they're from all different walks of life and everything, they cannot believe what they're hearing. They're like, are you kidding me, bro? The God of the Hebrews is the most powerful of all. That's what they say. Whoa, who are you thinking? You've doomed all of us. We're all going to die. How do we fix it? And Jonah shrugs, right? He's he's a dick, but I guess he's cas he's like he's like charismatic or casual. He's just like he just shrugs. He's like, there's only one way to stop the storm, bro. You gotta throw me overboard. That's the only way that's gonna make God happy. And the sailors are like, nah, dog. Like we can't. Like that's like. We don't want to die, but we also don't want to commit murder. Like, we can't just throw you into this ocean right now. This is crazy. So they kept trying things. They kept throwing, like, I threw their beds over. They threw other things. They threw, they threw all kinds of stuff overboard. Try to, like, try to not, like, have to throw this man to his death, they assumed. All this kind of, but the storm just keeps getting worse and worse, and they feared for their lives more and more. Then finally, they're like, whatever, we're going to die anyway. If we keep at it, the whole ship's going to fall apart. We're all going to die. You're going to die. What does it matter if we just throw you in? Um, also, they like prayed real quick to, to God, the God of Hebrews, the God, or Jonah's God, whatever. Um, God, God that we've been talking about the whole time on the show. And they're like, hey, listen, we hope this is what you want. If we want, if you know, if, if you're happy with us for like throwing him overboard, then, you know, cool. Uh, but if not, you know, please don't be mad about the whole murder thing because your boy is saying that that's what you want. So it's his idea. Here we go. Alley-oop. So they throw Jonah over the side of the ship in the worst storm anyone has ever seen, fueled by God's rage or whatever. And, uh, and as Jonah is in the water, as he splashes down out of nowhere, a giant fish or whale or something swims up and just swallows him whole. Ooh. Right? It just, like, sucks him down in. And immediately, the storm goes away, and all the passengers of the ship are saved, and uh, Jonah's in the belly of a big fish, right? So, <laughs> so it worked. The plan worked. So, now Jonah, to be clear, was not eaten, uh, wasn't bitten, wasn't chewed up, wasn't anything. It wasn't a shark or whatever. It was something big that swallowed him whole. And there he was in the belly of this creature, still alive, still conscious. And in that belly, he prayed to God for forgiveness. He repented of his fuck-off attitude that he had towards Nineveh, uh, repented for you know going the opposite direction and all the bullshit that he did. And for three days and three nights, Jonah was stuck in that animal's gut. And then finally, God decided enough was enough, and he accepted his repentance and blah, 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 whatever, and commanded the big fish or whale or whatever to spew him out, to vomit him up onto the beach. And then God <laughs> says to the recently vomited up Jonah, he says to him again, Go to Nineveh and tell them to repent from their evil ways. So Jonah listened this time. He travels to Nineveh. He goes in the center of the town and tells them all that in 40 days, 
their city will be overthrown, that God's going to punish them, he's going to smite them all for their wicked doings, all that kind of stuff. And the whole town stops and listens, right? The peasants listen, the whatever, medium people listen, the king and the red keep or whatever, he listens. Everyone, for whatever reason, the whole city, this whole, all of King's Landing, minding their own business one minute, going to the brothels, going, doing, dealing meth, doing whatever, whatever they're doing in this city, I don't know. This city, like, the greed, the greed and the gambling and the prostitution, the crack houses, everything, all this stuff, their love of reality television, every, everything horrible that this city is doing, they all, they all give it up. They all listen to what Jonah has to say. They're like, what, what? In 40 days, we're all going to be destroyed by the wrath of God? Word? <laughs> like, you for real? And the whole town, from the king down to the peasants, they start fasting, and they're repenting, and they take off their nice clothes, and they put on rags and sackcloth, and really, a thousand percent, genuinely, they repent, and they turn from their evil ways. They're like, I'm sorry. We didn't know meth was bad. Thank you for telling us. And God sees their efforts, and he spares them. He's like, I, we're not going to kill you anymore. I'm going to hold off on the nuke. Like, we're not doing anything. The people of Nineveh lived, right? It's a happy ending. But that's not the ending. <laughs> and then Jonah sees it because Jonah's still a dick. He's still an asshole. And when Jonah sees that the people of Nineveh had survived their destruction, he was like, man, that's some bullshit. Fuck these assholes. They don't deserve it. They deserve to die. Uh, that's why I ran to Tarshish. And then he complains. This, this bitch, this guy, this guy. He goes, he goes to God. He's like, God, I told you this was going to happen. I told you if we let them give them a chance to repent, they were going to, like, repent and then they wouldn't die. I told you this. You should have just nuked them and not worried about it. And, like, like, God's like, that's the whole fucking point, bro. Like, that's, like, I wanted them to be sorry for their bullshit. And, like, anyway, Jonah wasn't getting it. So then Jonah... Jonah goes out to the east of the city or whatever, and he sits down. He's like, nah, nah, nah. Like, they're just repenting for the short term. I bet you they're going to, like, piss God off again, and he's still going to blow them up. So he just, like, goes and sits by a wall or some bullshit, and he's just waiting, watching for them to, like, self-destruct or whatever. And while he's there, he's just chilling by this wall. God looks down and, like, sees him looking, and it's very hot out. It's super hot out. So while he's sleeping one night or whatever... God makes this vine, this little weed next to him, this vine grow. And it grows up behind him and it becomes this like overnight, like Super Mario Brothers. Like when you, you know, when, it hit, when you hit that like block, and it's like, ba -doo -ba -doo, doo -doo 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 -doo. like, not sure if you ever played the first Mario Brothers, but um, I can, I can speed run it for you. But anyway, so like, that's like, that's the vine, right? Like, uh, like God popped the question block and a vine is like, do, 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 do. Like Rosa behind Jonah. Jonah woke up the next day. He's like, holy shit, where'd this vine come from? This is dope as fuck, man. Like, awesome. I love this vine. This is my favorite vine ever. 
and he like sat there like for a whole day and like he was in the shade of the like the vine and the the branches and the the leaves and everything and jonah was like like this is amazing and then jonah went to sleep at night or whatever and then god caused a worm to start eating through the base of that vine and overnight it withered and it dried up and then when like the next day it couldn't do anything to help protect jonah from the sun and it just like withered and everything and jonah jonah got so hot and so exhausted like heat exhaustion or whatever that he, he was like fainting and he was like wow that that vine i love that vine and it's gone I hate everything. Just, you know what? Just his dying word, like as he's like passing out from heat exhaustion, he's like, just kill me now. I hate everything. And God talks to him. He's like, what? What are you doing, dude? Like, do you have any right to be angry? And Jonah's, <laughs> Jonah, he's like, yes, I have every right to be angry. I love that vine. I love that vine with all my heart. You have no idea how much I love that vine. And God's like, listen here, you little bitch. You say you love that vine, but you didn't plant it. You didn't water it. You didn't grow it. It grew up in one night and it died the next. You're all over here worried about some vine or whatever that you didn't do anything for. Shouldn't I be just as concerned with all the souls in Nineveh all the same. Shouldn't I have that same amount of love and wanting to make sure that they don't wither and they don't die? And you would think that the next verse would see something like Jonah's like, oh yeah, you're right, God, I guess I'll be better, I guess I'll whatever. Um, and we literally don't know if Jonah repented because that is the last sentence of the last verse of the last, like the fourth chapter of the book of Jonah is God fussing at Jonah being like, how dare you talk about some vine when these souls of Nineveh all, were on the line, all that kind of stuff. And I mean, for all I know, Jonah died right then and there from heat exhaustion. <laughs> like he's just fucking, he just passed out and died in the dirt. <laughs> like, I mean, he's a dick anyway, doesn't matter. But like, that's the, that's the last verse. It's so really, it goes out very poignant he's like nah god like wanted to save the people of nineveh and fuck you jonah that's how it ends so anyway oh so like the story the story is really cool the whole that there's some scientific ideas about the whole thing like depending on how much of a miracle you want it to be you know the idea that he survived for three days in the belly of the whale or big fish or whatever just real quick real quick so growing up uh, like when I was when I was like from age zero to five, I was told, oh, Jonah in the belly of a whale. And then from ages five to like 20 or something, I, I got a lot of like, no, no, no. The Bible doesn't say it was a whale. The Bible says it was a big fish. Like, so don't go thinking it was a whale. It was a big fish. Like, okay, whatever. Like, that was a very big distinction. But I was super annoying. And, like, anytime I heard someone say Jonah and the whale, in the back of my mind, I was like that meme or whatever. Like, well, actually, like, it, was, it wasn't a whale. It was a big fish. And uh, I'm here to tell you that whale or fish or whatever i don't personally think that ancient hebrew had a very distinct difference between uh sea fish or whatever and sea mammals like whales 
if it swam around in the sea and did things in the water and didn't have legs, it was a fish, right? So a whale or a fish, whatever you want to call it, I don't care. I don't think there's a lot of evidence to it, personally speaking. So anyway, so big fish, whale, whatever. That that was like point one. Point two, I remember growing up and seeing like Pinocchio-esque pictures of Jonah and this giant belly cavity of the whale just hanging out and praying and maybe playing solitaire or something. Just like, like ample room in this cavity of the whale or whatever. Maybe even like lighting a little campfire or some shit in there or something, which is all stupid. Like, if like if anything, he was down in the belly uh, of this animal and he was covered in stomach acid juices. And if he wasn't completely dissolved down there, right, by those acids, then he most assuredly had had his skin like bleached. And he looked nasty and maybe would have went blind as the acid ate through his eyelids and then his also his eyeballs. Like, and that's what I think maybe, if anything, like he was just a, he was a grotesque looking guy. If that guy who like burned through his eyelids and had like bleached white, nasty skin and was half like eroded away corroded from uh, stomach acids of this whale or whatever maybe that's why the people of Nineveh were like you know maybe we should listen to him he looks like he's seen some shit <laughs> like, like he might be a good thing to uh to to listen to here so anyway happy Yom Kippur for anyone that pays attention uh lots of neat stuff here and that's the story of jonah as always thank you for listening if you'd please do us a favor and like and subscribe to the show wherever you listen in on it hope you have a fantastic week cheers